Welcome to the Geneva Peace Week podcast series, a project of the Geneva Peacebuilding Platform. Geneva Peace Week is a leading annual forum in the international peacebuilding calendar. It's a week of events, workshops, videos, and podcasts just like this one, hosted by different organizations and actors around the world. Founded on the core belief that each person, actor, and institution has a role to play in building peace and resolving conflict. You're listening to a podcast produced for Geneva Peace Week 2020, held from the 2nd to the 6th of November with both live events and pre-recorded contributions. For more content like this, join the conversation at genevapeaceweek.ch. Hello, friends from far and wide. We are Unconventional Women. I'm joined by Manal, Amy, and Annalisa. But before we dive in, Annalisa, what is Unconventional Woman? Hello. Yes, it's so good to be with you. Thank you, Candice. And great to be with you, Amy and Manal, as well. Um, my name's Annalisa, and I'm calling in from New York today and really looking forward to this conversation and to sharing a little bit more about uh, what unconventional is and uh, just engaging in this conversation. Um, so Unconventional International is a growing network that exists to support the well-being and leadership of young women working for peace and justice. Uh, we are a network led by young women for young women. Uh, we've really come together uh, seeing a lot of the challenges around isolation, loneliness, as well as uh, structural insecurity or lack of support uh, for young women who are leading for peace and justice. And so what we're doing is connecting young women uh, who work for peace and justice with a community of peers uh, and with spaces and tools uh, needed to foster our growth and well-being. Um, and we are doing this really envisioning, uh, envisioning a world where young women can lead from a place of abundance. And we want to reimagine what that can look like and build communities of support where we can be growing towards that uh, and working towards that in community with each other. Oh. Annalisa, I think for me, like just being a part of Unconventional, the big thing that stood out for me especially is just the friendship. And I love that the space really creates that for each and every one of us. And Manal, I want to throw it to you because I just highlighted one of the biggest core values for me is friendship. How has that helped you in this peace building space and in a personal space? Mm, thank you for asking that. And I'll just join Annalisa in saying that um, I'm calling in from Beirut, Lebanon. I'm, this is where I'm from. And I'm back here after a couple of years in the US. Um, while I was in the US, I was actually studying there, um, looking at the intersection of peace and economics. And um, I think Annalisa took the opportunity that I was there to invite me to different events. And um, I think my answer to your question, Candice, is in the friendship, because of our friendship, we were able to support each other in our work. And one of the ways that Annalisa, for instance, has done this for me is to elevate my voice. I'm not in the DC circles. I'm not in the New York circles of policymaking or, um, yeah, the, the intricacies of these spaces I'm not familiar with. But I am a peace builder who has worked in interfaith reconciliation in the Middle East. And so to have a friend on the other side of the ocean who knows me and who's able to invite me and say, come speak, we want to hear your voice. Um, and so, yeah, but I think this has been uh, one way in which our friendship and I hope the friendship that 
you listeners will be able to also form in within unconventional if you're interested to join that you will find in this space another thing about that specific day when i went and shared uh, in dc was um, that in fact that day i slept with annalisa at her at her home um, I, she had invited me to stay over and uh, crash uh, at her house, given that I did not have a place to stay in, in DC. But that created um, an ease for me to come the next day and show up uh, and know that I am I'm supported. I am here um, really to be listened to. I, I don't know how to exactly put it in words, but I was at ease. I, I didn't come nervous to a meeting that felt like that's not my space, that's not where I belong. I felt like I actually am invited into this space and the, the, the people who hold the keys to this space are those who are telling me you belong, you, you are here, not only professionally, you are here personally, I am invested in your life. So I, I guess this is one way in which friendship has really meant a lot to me in that space of, of being peace builders. Oh. I love that you touched on so many things that I think so many women relate to, especially in this field. You touched on belonging, you spoke yeah. about elevated voice, and you also yeah. spoke about the ease you felt. Yeah. And I think because so many of us around the world work in different conflict zones, our teams tend to be small. The support we have tends to be either small or not understanding of this work. Um, mm -hmm. And the fact that you experienced that is just such a beautiful thing. And I just want to move that into actual leadership, right? Um, because an elevated voice for me speaks so much to leadership. Mm -hmm. And I know for myself on a personal level, finding my voice in this space, in the peace building space, there was something I had to work on, especially because I found myself, you know, either relegating responsibility to the male on the team because he was more dominant, or I'd let other people take credit for my ideas because I didn't want to rock the boat. Um, and I found myself being overlooked constantly for leadership roles. And so for me, this space also speaks to that. How do we own our space? How do we become comfortable in leadership positions? And Amy, that's where I want to bring you in. I mean, how do you see leadership playing out and how does unconventional help provide that or help us at least become comfortable with it? Thank you, Candice. And it's a wonderful question. Um, uh, I think leadership, it flows, uh, like you were saying, right from, right from the support that can be offered by community. And I see that in a couple of ways in my own life. Um, I, I worked uh, in the UN system for several years and realized that I did not have, or I had a lot of wonderful mentors, but not so much intentional like leadership development, um, just because of the nature of contracts and um, deliverables and such. Um, and I realized a lot of what I was um, developing in my own leadership journey was uh, looking at people ahead of me, but also realizing the power of also coming alongside my peers and having them come alongside me. And um, your question makes me think of so many experiences where I've had a challenge or I felt um, stretched in terms of leadership um, opportunities or needing to uh, to assert or own my own voice in deeper ways and just the power of bringing that to my friends bringing that to other young women who are working in this uh, space hearing their perspectives receiving their encouragement um, and just the power that that has it's really transformed a lot of the ways I interact with my work and with my colleagues um, 
And one particular thing I'm thinking of is a time in an unconventional gathering where we looked at um, some of our mentors and influences and people whose uh, leadership has really impacted us. And just thinking like, what does it mean to also bring that to other people? Like we've received these gifts, these um, qualities, these values, this, uh, yeah, development. And how do we, like, what does it mean to really live out of that? Um, so that is, uh, yeah, that is, I think, the power here of um, exploring leadership in uh, community with other people and uh, really using our, the, yeah, the collective as more than even just our individual experience. Oh, I love that you spoke about, you know, it's a gift because I think in many, many times we overlook the fact that when we do have access to these kinds of people, communities, that it really is a gift. It's a gift of being understood. It's a gift of, you know, being heard and seen and validated. And I think you can become so much better and more when you have a community of people who see you and say, you know what, what you're doing fulfills me. And that kind of validation you can't buy, right? And you can't um, force upon others unless those people are in the same mental space. So thank you for touching on that, Amy. Annalise, I want to come back to you because I find that, you know, even though I can consciously understand that I need to look after myself in this space. Um, and I remember you spoke about wellness, that unconventional is centered on wellness. I find myself still putting myself like in this weird predicament where I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so guilty. I don't want to meditate. I don't want to do this, but I feel so guilty. So what is the importance of wellness in this field? Uh. Candace, first of all, you are not alone in that. Um, I think the that challenge of taking care of our own well-being, um, yeah, I, it, it's it's a struggle, and it's not one that you're alone in. And I think the more that the more that we have these conversations with each other, uh, the more validated, in some ways, I have felt in my experiences of of struggling to to really maintain and proactively. Uh, take care of my well-being, but we're we're trying to center those conversations uh, and encourage each other in that journey through through unconventional. But for me personally, I think it's a question I have to keep coming back to: the question of how do I take care of myself um, and take care of my relationships and my community as I also work towards building peace and justice in my community um, and in the world around me at my workplace, um, and I. I want to live in a world where I'm leading from a place of abundance and flourishing. I think I will be able to show up best for my work when I, when I am well rested and when I have uh, the nu nutrition and um, energy flowing through my body from a good night's sleep and from exercise and all of those things. Um, but what I need to be able to show up and, and work and give and be in a place of abundance and flourishing, that changes all the time. And so I have to keep asking myself the question of what do I need in this season? And I need, and I, and a huge part of that is I need friends who will keep asking me, well, yeah, what do you need in this season? <laughs> and how can we walk together in this? Um, and that I think came, came through in a really big way through all the changes that we went through during COVID and we're still navigating them each, each week, each month as things continue to change. Uh, but even during that season, 
asking myself every week, what is it that I need this week to take care of my, my well-being? And, um, and for a while, that looked like scheduling my intake of the news and not, not being on my phone right before sleep and not first thing in the morning. Um, but for me, yeah, and I think for, I can share some of the things personally that have helped me, but I also think it's so contextual to the season of my life and, and to me as a person, but those are some things that I've, I've been practicing recently and, and also trying to just really balance um, my own rhythms. Uh, for me, having routines and rhythms are really grounding, and so having a routine in the morning where I am exercising and meditating, taking time to be still uh, with usually with my cup of coffee before a long, a long day of work ahead. Um, but those, those have been things that have been helpful for me. And, and then the processing that comes with friends and honestly, the, the sharing of the challenges that came up in the workday or the, the, the situations that I don't feel like I can always navigate on my own. And I need that outside perspective. Um, so knowing that I have friends that I can call on to process through those things that has a huge impact on my wellness and my well-being. Um, and it's something I've become so, so grateful for. Um, yeah, so that's just a little bit more about um, my own journey with it. And I, I definitely think it's a journey and it's a journey that I don't want to be on alone. Um, I want to be on this journey with, with peers. And um, I think the more that we can normalize how much uh, stress there is in this field, in this not just this field, in our world. And, and when we come into this world with a vision and a passion to see things change for the better, it's going to affect us and it's going to affect our bodies and it's going to affect our minds and our emotions. And the way we respond to that um, is going to continue to change and we're going to keep needing to reevaluate how to be in this space and take care of ourselves and take care of each other. Um, and I, I don't think there are clear roadmaps out there on how to do it. And so I think we need each other um, to, to be able to navigate that well. Oh, I love, there's so many things you said that I think firstly on a practical level that so many of us could implement, you know, just taking that time and listening to the rhythms. I love that you mentioned looking at the season you're in and that everything changes according to the season of your life. And something that made you happy last week may not make you happy this week. And so the constant reevaluation I think is important. And you said something else I found really cool and it was leading from a place of abundance. And oh, isn't that a fact? When you are fulfilled, every single person who comes into contact with you is so much better for it. And when you are not fulfilled and you are feeling run down and you're feeling empty, your work suffers, your relationships suffer, your friendships suffer. So I think it's something that all of us can take home with us and say, you know what? I need to leave from a place of abundance. So for me, it might be meditation. For someone else, it might be, you know, journaling. For someone else, it might be, you know, just meeting with your friends. Um, and speaking about practices, uh, a practice that I've incorporated into my life, and I found it to be very useful, especially during this, you know, COVID era, um, this time where we're spending so much digital time and feeling like we don't have that human connection. I found that I was losing connection with myself too. So I really started to journal and make it a consistent practice. 
but I didn't just write. I started writing with prompts and a prompt I actually wrote last night, which I found very interesting and I'd urge everyone listening to try is I asked the words, what am I running towards? Then I, the next prompt was, what am I running from? And then the last one is, what does peace feel like? And it's so incredible how I assumed I knew what I was going to write, but just writing it, not only was it like a purging, but it also felt like, oh, okay, these are some fears I need to work through. And these are the things that drive me. So I just think practices are so important. And saying that, Manal, do you have a, a, like a spiritual practice or a practice of any kind that keeps you grounded and that keeps you feeling like you can show up as your best self? Oh, good questions, Candice. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, when you asked me that question, I thought of the most mundane thing, which is therapy. <laughs> but honestly, it was very difficult for me to be able to get to that place. I think because I've lived in a, in a, in a fragile state in Lebanon that has gone through so many armed conflicts, it just becomes the reality of life. And so my life is not any more painful or difficult or full of suffering than anyone else living in this country, let alone all the refugees that have come from the regions, be it Syria or Palestine or Iraq. Um, and so it was only when I was extracted from this region and I was pursuing my master's degree in the US that I noticed I was having PTSD symptoms. And I realized, oh, I may have trauma. <laughs> but it, it, when you live trauma on a communal level, I don't think you have, well, I didn't feel at least, the, um, the freedom to say, I need to pursue some therapy to figure out, you know, to figure out some of these things that I'm living through. And in fact, one thing that was really helpful for me in therapy was realizing that because of the isolation and the trauma that we live through in our lives, period, in Lebanon, but also because of this level of trauma and isolation that we live through as young women peace builders, I had developed unhealthy coping mechanisms to be able to deal with all these stressors, to be able to, you know, find a way to replenish my cup, to, to, to be able to, you know, to feel supported. And, and so yeah. going through therapy and realizing, oh, okay, you know, I'm, there's nothing wrong with me, you know, wanting affirmation, wanting comfort, wanting physical comfort. There's nothing wrong with these things. It's just how can I know myself better and how can I surround myself with people and healthy coping mechanisms that can bring these things towards me. And so for me, this circle of friends has been that, you know, it, it, it has been that to be able to come and say and be myself. So a multitude of things, but I want to especially speak to the young women who are living and working in conflict zones. Um, if you're struggling with unhealthy coping mechanisms, do not blame yourself. <laughs> and if possible, and if there is any way that you can, I would encourage you to seek therapy. <laughs> that's, that's, I guess, my coping mechanism. <laughs> Healthy one. <laughs> wow, Manal, thank you for your vulnerability. And I mean, we've been in the circle for a very long time, and I didn't know some of the things you just mentioned. And you know, it is so, when, when you can open yourself up so fully and be so expressive of the pain points in your own life and say, 
this is my coping mechanism for the trauma, the stresses I've felt. And I'm not going to point fingers or shame myself, but I'm going to seek for the best solution forward. And I think in this work that we all engage in on such a regular basis, you're so conditioned to put another's needs before your own, right? Um, whether it's a conflict society, whether you're working with abused women, whatever that may be. And so to put yourself at the forefront and say, these are my established you know, mechanisms and seeking therapy has been the best thing for me, I think is so powerful. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Amy, I know you've been going through a bit of a stressful time right now. You know, you haven't been getting much sleep. Uh, <laughs> so, and you're going to be heading back to New York soon. So what have been your coping mechanisms during this incredibly stressful time in your life? And please tell us, why have you not been getting sleep? <laughs> oh, Candice, yes I, yes, I have not been getting that much sleep. You are right. Um, I, I've, I'm working across time zones. I'm doing my PhD based in the US, but with a lot of collaborations in Europe. And sometimes that means that um, 2 a.m. calls are the norm, uh, which I wouldn't recommend for the long haul, but I think that it gets at a challenge faced by many young women in our field of like the global reach, and especially now with um, the COVID situation in and not as much travel and that sort of thing, it often means that maybe regular life rhythms are interrupted uh, in the name of collaboration. Um, but uh, yeah, something I think that has worked or that I've been trying um, is um, just actually having a, it's more of a mindset for me of experimentation, of being like, I will try this if it doesn't work, if I'm, you know, if my self-awareness tells me that actually, Amy, you're getting, like, you need some more sleep, otherwise you are going to kind of have a meltdown or you will start to get sick and that's not going to be good for anyone. Um, just being able to adjust and adapt and learn to say no. Um, but, uh, but just this mindset of, like, I don't have to get it right the first time, but I do have the responsibility for kind of keeping an eye on things, keeping my finger on the pulse of how um, I'm doing, how my work is doing, et cetera, and also being able to reach out for help and support. And I think a big thing for me has been learning to uh, be more open with especially trusted um, peers and mentors around like when I'm feeling overwhelmed or when I feel like, you know, should I just push through this or is this actually a, a sign that I need to take a step back and acknowledge my own limits? in this um, and with the idea that this makes me uh, just a, I think a stronger, a stronger, more, just more well person. <laughs> it it, it uh, helps me be effective, which is, I guess, helpful, I hope for all of the different worlds that I um, touch in my different projects. But um, yeah, and I think a very practical thing too is just um, taking time uh, each day to just check in with myself and how, I'm doing, you know, ground myself um, and uh, just learn to, to, yeah, to adjust when need be. So it's a very important question. And I think also it makes me think of just the different life stages that are faced by young women um, working for peace and justice. I mean, some have children, some have full-time jobs, some are contracted, like all these different things. Um, and uh, just the importance of, um, I don't know, having a trusted space to, talk about this, perhaps hear how others are managing similar uh, time-related struggles and learning to experiment and grow together in that. 
Oh, I really love that. I love that you spoke about, you know, taking responsibility um, because that's exactly what it is. When you take responsibility for your own emotional well-being and you hold yourself accountable to that, um, it makes you a better human being overall, right? Because you stop looking towards other people to fulfill you or to somehow just read your mind and you know give you whatever it is that you don't even know you need um, and I think taking that personal responsibility allows you the room to be able to say oh this is not working for me or ah should I readjust and when you learn to trust yourself better not only does it work out in your personal life but in your professional life too um, and you touched on reaching out I mean, I think that makes all of us stronger, right? Because I struggle with reaching out. Like I will be at my breaking point and I'll be like, oh, I can make it. Don't worry, I can make it. <laughs> and I think the older you get, the more you realize that, but you don't have to kill yourself to make it. And you're so much better for having a community that allows you the room and space to be like human, to just be human. Um, and on that note, Annalisa, you know, you've got this beautiful just winding down exercise. And I think after such an incredible conversation, we could all use just a minute of mindfulness. Uh, if you could just take us through just, you know, a body scan that's just going to, you know, put us in a space of ease. <laughs> Happy to do that, Candice. Yeah, I, I want to just preface this by saying it is such a journey to learn to listen to our own bodies. Um, for years, I was really good at telling my body what to do, telling myself when to exercise and uh, how fast to go or how often uh, to move and to do all these things, which can be great. Um, but also the process of really slowing down to listen and to notice uh, what's going on in our bodies is, it is a journey. And it's one that um, I, I am definitely in the process still of, of discovering and uh, any opportunity I have to get to share that um, uh, is is an honor. Um, so with that, I yeah, I will just transition transition us into a moment of uh, becoming aware of our physical bodies and uh, taking a moment just to notice some of the sensations that we're experiencing. Um, I, I want to preface that by saying that if you would if you're listening to this and you would rather not um, do this, that's totally fine. Um, but if you would like to join. Uh, in this practice, uh, you're welcome to do that. And I say that to Manal, Amy, and Candice, to each of you. If you if you wanna join in this, you're welcome to. And if not, uh, feel free to just take this moment to do whatever feels like it will be uh, most relaxing for you, whether that's following my prompts or not. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, to begin, I'll invite you, uh, if you'd like to leave your eyes open or close them, you can decide. Um, you could also choose to lower your gaze. And I just wanna start uh, by inviting you to notice where your body is connecting with the ground. So maybe your feet are touching the ground. Um, you can notice the seat that you're sitting in or if you're standing. And just from whatever position you're in, I'll invite you uh, to just notice what a more comfortable position could be. Maybe you want to lean back in your chair, shift the weight from one side to another and where you're sitting. But just whatever you're doing, find, find something that's a little bit more comfortable and notice what that might feel like. And as you're doing that, I'll invite you also to notice your breath. 
we might be taking shorter inhales or deeper inhales and what, wherever you're coming from in this moment, just notice how is your breath filling your lungs or your belly? And from here, I'll invite you to take your hands and place them on your knees um, and slightly moving your chest forward to come over your knees. And I want to invite us from this position to take in a deep inhale, letting our breath fill up our, our chest and fill up our lungs. You'll feel your chest expanding. And then as you exhale, you can slowly let your chest start to contract. I invite you to take another deep inhale, slowly moving your chest forward, bringing it a little bit closer to your knees. Your breath is moving across your chest as you inhale and then starting to contract as you exhale. You may notice that there's a bit of a, a rhythm or a movement as you do that motion. And I'll just invite you to follow that for a few moments. So opening the chest as you inhale, and then contracting and letting your spine curl back a little bit farther as you exhale. We'll just take a moment to do that at our own pace, at our own tempo. You might be finding that you're taking slightly deeper breaths now as we've moved through this for, for a few moments. And whenever you're ready, I invite you to just let your arms relax at your side. Noticing again where your feet are meeting the ground or where your seat is meeting your chair. And from here, I'll invite you to bring your chin to your chest. Just notice any changing sensations here in the back of your neck or in your spine, in your shoulders. And as you continue, just allowing the breath to move through the body, I invite you to explore some head movements here. So maybe nodding your head from side to side and turning it over to the left, over to the right. And again, just noticing where your breath is filling your belly or your chest as you go through this movement. If you'd like to explore small head circles here, you could explore bringing your head around to one side and then letting it flow over to the other side. You might try small circles or big circles. Just noticing whatever feels more comfortable. You could repeat those movements or you could try to circle in the opposite direction. And from here, I'll just invite you to notice what's going on in your shoulders and your spine as you move back and forth. And see if there's any way that you can move your head or neck or shoulders that might bring a little bit more comfort into your body right now. So again, just inviting an exploration of what, what feels good right now. And as we do that, we're continuing to notice our breath. Noticing how it deepens and softens. And whenever you're ready, I invite you um, to finish uh, whatever movement uh, you were doing and exploring. And slowly, 
uh, bring your head uh, back up. And from here, notice if anything feels different in your neck or in your shoulders. Maybe something feels different in your belly or in your hips, in your legs, in your knees, in your calves, in your feet. And from here, I'll invite us to take another deep breath together, just allowing breath to fill our lungs, to fill our bellies, and then slowly exhaling our breath. Again, taking a deep inhale, and exhale. As we begin to invite our awareness back to whatever we were doing before, um, just invite you again to notice the connecting points that have you touching the ground, your chair. And from this place of being a little bit more grounded, hopefully, I'll invite you to open your eyes again. Maybe shake out the shoulders a little bit, shake out your feet or your knees, do some movements that just kind of release the energy a little bit. You might want to open up your arms big and wide and reach them up to the sky. You might even notice that you yawn or that your um, breath is just a little bit wider or deeper now. And wherever you are at the end of this practice, um, just want to say thank you for joining and thank you for, for being part of this and for joining me in the exploration of, uh, of exploring uh, what it looks like to listen to your body in this moment. Oh, Annalisa, I almost feel like, <laughs> I'm sure people can actually hear that my voice has dropped significantly uh, since the exercise. <laughs> um, I absolutely love it, just listening to your body. And I invite people to re-listen to this portion of this podcast whenever they need it, whenever they're feeling overwhelmed and just need the prompts to, you know, get back into their own bodies. Uh, so thank you again for doing that. Uh, and I want to say thank you to every single person who has joined us, who has listened in on this podcast. Uh, we have had the privilege of speaking to you and we invite you to join our community. Uh, if what we've said has resonated with you, find us on unconventionalwomen.org. And all the details will be in the description in the podcast. So don't worry about it. Our Instagram page, our LinkedIn, our Facebook, all of it. Uh, we look forward to engaging with you in a more meaningful way to hear your story shared with us. And I want to thank my incredible team, Manal, Annalisa, Amy. Thank you so much for these enlightening conversations. No matter how many times we meet, I still feel like I keep growing, I keep learning. So I just want to thank you and just honor you for this time. So thank you. <laughs> Thank you once again for joining us and downloading this podcast. We look forward to welcoming you into our community, whether that be on Facebook, Instagram, or you visiting our website. Look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks for joining us for this installment of the Geneva Peace Week podcast series. Don't forget to subscribe, rate the podcast, and leave a review about something you learned. You can also visit our website to continue the conversation with the makers of this episode.
join us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Geneva Peace Week. Above all, thank you for being here, and we hope you'll join us again for another episode.